Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, everyone, to another debate from Intelligence Squared U.S. I'm John Donvan of ABC News. And once again, I have the pleasure and the honor of serving as moderator as the six debaters you see sharing the stage with me here at the Skirball Center for the Performing Arts at New York University. We'll be debating this motion, Organic Food is Marketing Hype. Now, this is a debate. This is not a panel discussion or a seminar. It's a contest. One team will win and the other will lose, and you in our live audience, the several hundred of you, will be acting as our judges. By the time the debate has ended, you will have voted twice, once before and once again after you have heard the arguments to tell us where you stand on these issues. And the team that has changed the most minds will be declared our winner. And so on to the debate, round one, opening statements. And we begin first, I'd like to introduce Lord John Krebs. John Krebs was chairman of Britain's Food Standards Agency, which is like our Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, except it was just the F, not the D. Um, And, John, you um, were not chairman in 2009. You had left the board, but it made a very... It sent a thunderbolt through the system when it came up with a study of the comparison, nutritional comparison, between conventional and organic food and concluded what? That there was no difference in the health benefits which rolled like thunder through the movement. Ladies and gentlemen, John Krebs. Let me explain, first of all, where I'm coming from in this. Uh, As the former head of the Food Standards Agency, I am not anti-organic. But what I am is pro-accurate consumer information. I am pro-healthy eating. And I am pro-a scientific, dispassionate analysis of the facts. Just last week, I was watching a television show about diet and health, and on the show, there was a woman who was working for a low income, and she had three children, and she said to the interviewer, I feel really guilty because I cannot afford the organic food to feed my children a healthy diet. And that made me really cross, because she didn't need to buy organic food to feed her children a healthy diet. Although, according to the surveys, six in every ten Americans who buys organic food believe that they're getting a healthier option. And they're paying for it, because when you go shopping, if you buy organic food, you spend $1.60 for every dollar that you would have to spend buying exactly the equivalent food produced conventionally. Why do I say that? I say that because I've scrutinised the evidence. Now, if you look at the evidence, you have to ask yourselves two questions. Who is saying it and why are they saying it? And, of course, if you listen to the organic sector that has a vested interest, they will pick and choose the evidence that supports their case. And it's not just the UK Food Standards Agency that John referred to, but at the last count, in eight different countries where the federal or national agencies have looked at this issue, in every case, they've come to the same conclusion. There is no health benefit of eating organic food when compared with conventional food. Furthermore, and this is a really important point, in the UK, we have an advertising standards watchdog. 
And a few years ago, they penalized our two major supermarket chains for advertising and claiming that organic food is healthier. And note this, they did not come back with a legal challenge. What about safety of food? Because some people say, well, maybe I ought not to take the risk. Organic food is more natural. It's safer. Well, what are these safety issues? One thing that people are concerned about is pesticide residues. Well, two things to note. Organic farmers also use pesticides. They just use a different set of pesticides. But secondly, those residues are there when they are present in such minute quantities that they are harmless relative to the natural dangerous chemicals that occur in all the food you eat. So are people who eat organic food healthier than people who don't? And that's a pretty difficult question to answer. But there is one study that's looked at it, and it's an extremely large study. It's called the Million Women Study, and that study shows that there is no difference in the health outcomes for women that eat organic food and women that don't eat organic food. So I urge you to vote for the motion at the end of this evening. Thank you, John Krebs. Our motion is organic food is marketing hype. And now to open arguments against this motion, I'd like to introduce Orvashi Rangan, who is Director of Technical Policy for the Consumers Union. That is the organization that puts out consumer reports. And Orvashi, your specialty there is, is labeling, and in particular where it comes to organic you tell the rest of us whether if it's organic on the label, is it really organic it's, in the jar? That's exactly. right. It's been part of my job for 10 years. They're educating consumers about what organic means and what it doesn't and uh, allow them to make informed choices about the foods they buy. Ladies and gentlemen, Orvashi Rangan. Thank you. I'd like to address a few things that John brought up in this uh, resolution. And the first thing is the resolution is not about whether organic is healthier or not. That's not what we're debating today. We're also not debating whether it's more nutritious. What we're debating is whether it's marketing hype or not. And uh, for many years, I have to say, in my last 10 years rating labels, we've come across a lot of labels that are marketing hype. Natural, very few standards, no verification. Hypoallergenic fragrance-free, free-range. All of those labels are marketing hype. They have no standards. They have no verification. On the other hand, organic food meets those criteria. It does have a comprehensive set of standards behind them, and it is verified. But let's get into five big reasons why organic offers benefit over conventional production. First of all, organic animals eat a diet free of poop. Can you believe that? So why am I saying that? Am I a nutball? But no, conventional agriculture and conventional farming in this country actually picks up chicken litter from the bottom of the chicken coops filled with poop, excrement, whatever that chicken ate, including mammalian byproducts, cow brain, blood meal. And guess what? Animals eat that in conventional production. It's not allowed in organic production. Second thing, organic is free of antibiotics. They cannot be used. Uh, antibiotic resistance is a huge growing health, public health problem in this country. We feed antibiotics to animals every single day. We wouldn't do that with humans. We wouldn't feed humans antibiotics every day. Why do we do it in conventional agriculture? Third, we feed animals, chicken broilers in this country, things like arsenic, if you can believe 
believe it. These are toxic heavy metals that we actually feed the animals. They act a lot like antibiotics. They help them grow better. And the problem with conventional ag is people don't think it moves anywhere, but it does. It moves into the ground, into the groundwater. We create big pits of manure that go up into the air and contaminate it. These things are controlled for in organic production. Organic doesn't allow the use of most synthetic pesticides. It's true, as John points out, that some pesticides are allowed. But one report estimates that about 60% of the pesticides that are out there are classified as a known, probable, or possible carcinogen. But remember, this debate isn't about whether you would buy it, but rather whether it is truly a measurable difference and whether or not consumers who buy organic are currently being deceived in the marketplace. And finally, synthetic fertilizers rape the soil. Um, And organic (laughs) promotes it. And Chuck will be talking a little bit more about that. Thank you. Thank you, Avasharangan. Our motion is organic food is marketing hype. And now to speak for the motion, the only actual farmer in the debate tonight, I'd like to introduce Blake Hurst, who is a farmer in Missouri. He raises corn and soybeans and flowers along with his family. He's done it all of his life. He's also a writer who is published in the Wall Street Journal and the Weekly Standard and other uh, magazines. I'm I'm interested, Blake, is it harder to farm or harder to write? I can't make any money at either one. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Blake Hurst. If you've ever driven through the Midwest on a summer evening, your windshield becomes covered by gazillions of sticky, glutinous gobs of insect guts. The bugs are corn borer moths. Corn borers cause corn to drop ears, corn stalks to fall over. They also damage the husks of the corn, making it vulnerable to a soil-borne pathogen called aflatoxin, which causes liver cancer in humans. The insecticide BT produced by corn grown from genetically modified seed causes corn borers to swell like a balloon and to explode. I find this very satisfying. (laughs) I imagine pops like a string of firecrackers, like popcorn on a hot stove as all across my fields corn borers explode. BT corn, of course, disqualifies my crop as organic, even though a nearly identical pesticide is available to organic farmers. And aflatoxin, I should point out, is completely natural. I should probably point out that our farm has manure as a fertilizer source and at the time planted lots of legumes in long rotations. All practices recommended by the advocates of organic farming. Yes, Virginia, people were thinking about soil fertility long before the Oprah show covered Food, Inc. When commercial fertilizer became available, yields went up, costs went down, including environmental costs as we use less resources to produce the same amount of food. When this happens in other industries, it's generally seen as a good thing. You may find this bloodthirsty battle using chemical warfare and genetic manipulation distasteful. It's clear that our opponents here tonight do so. They imagine farming as a holistic walk with nature as we reap her bounty with hardly a mark left on the landscape. According to them, we can walk back our dependence on petroleum, lose our addiction to chemicals and laboratories, and be one again with nature. Rarely has so much nonsense received so much attention from so many outstanding minds. <laughs> Organic production requires its own set of environmental trade-offs. Organic food takes more land than conventional farming to produce the same amount of food. Organic farming leads directly to more, not less, soil erosion because conventional farmers disturb the soil less. Organic rules are arbitrary, with some practices clearly forbidden because of political pressure instead of science. Some of the most environmentally costly practices conventional farmers use 
are approved for the organic farmer as well. Hunger is the darkest specter of all, and always closer than we expect, particularly in the parts of the world that are most likely to farm organically, although they don't call it that. Nature doesn't care whether we're hungry or well-fed, and in order to have an adequate supply of food, we have to use all the tools available to us. As inconvenient as it may be to the critics of the present food system, that's the way it will always be. According to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, there are a billion hungry people in the world. Every time someone produces organic, purchases organic food, more water and more land are used to produce that food than to produce the same amount of food on my farm. That's the reason why you should vote in favor of the motion. Organic food is fashionable, cool, and attitude. A chance to identify yourself with beautiful actresses instead of old farmers in overalls. But mostly, organic food is marketing hype. I'm John Donvan, and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S., Oxford-style debating on America's shores. The motion is, organic food is marketing hype. Stay with us. We are halfway through the opening round of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. I'm John Donvan. As moderator, we have six debaters, two teams of three, who are finding it out over this motion. Organic food is marketing hype. You have heard three of the opening statements, and now on to the fourth. I would like to introduce Jeffrey Steingarten, who is a best-selling author and food critic for Vogue magazine. Um, his, one of his more famous books is The Man Who Ate Everything. I apologize Jeffrey, I have not read the book. Is it autobiographical? (laughs) Let me recommend the book and introduce once again, ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Steingarten. Um, I started, well, I didn't start out. I started out as a lawyer and not as a food critic or a writer. If this were a court, I think I would ask the judge to exclude most of the previous testimony on the grounds that it was totally irrelevant to, to the proposition. The forces against good food are very powerful in this country, and it's enough to make you paranoid. The, um, uh, our last speaker, okay, I'm not going to say that he sounded like Dick Cheney, okay, but, but he talked about farming as a multi-front war. Now, I know uh, four or five farmers, um, and I've spoken to them all um, in the last few days so that I'd be able to learn all about farming. And um, there was one uh, nicknamed Farmer Al, uh, you know, who grows some of the best peaches in the country. They're organic. You know, and I asked him, you know, whether he used Roundup on his weeds. He said, oh, no, we just manage the weeds. Just as long as they're not higher than about that, they won't threaten the uh, plant. The weeds won't. Now, Al's peaches are more expensive. There's no doubt that, that organic food is, on average, more expensive. So our next speaker, I, I believe, having read some of what he's written, um, are going to say, um, as the farmer did, that it's almost a, a crime with all the people starving to devote any resources to some kind of elite food. Now, conventional agriculture is not feeding the world. To say that organic agriculture could never feed the world is uh, sidestepping to the fact that, organic ag- that conventional agriculture is not feeding the world. And it's dependent upon oil selling at kind of $45 a barrel. It's dependent upon steady climate. And it's also dependent upon relatively uh, available water. Jeffrey Steingarten, I'm sorry your time is up. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey Steingarten. Our motion is 
Organic food is marketing hype. And now here to speak for the motion, I'd like to introduce Dennis Avery, who is director of the Huston Institute Center for Global Food Issues, who was for some time, uh, who is a food and agricultural economist who worked for the State Department and writes extensively on food policy. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Avery. To measure the depths of my sins, I'm holding up a book written by my son, Alex Avery. It's entitled The Truth About Organic Foods, and it traces the history of the movement from Germany in the 1920s on to our organic farming today. And the tragedy that organic farming doesn't live up to the hype, but this is not just an unfortunate failure to live up to the billing. It is now a serious international concern because we're about to enter the biggest farming challenge the world has ever seen. We will have, by the year 2050, between 8 and 9 billion people. And if the Chinese reach half of the pet saturation that we have in this country, that will mean another 250 million companion cats and dogs, none of them vegetarian. We will need to double world food production again. We will need to triple the yields on the best farmland because that only gives the highest yields and the least erosion. It displaces the fewest wildlife species. The organic farmers can't do this. Plowing itself is a danger. Summer of 07, 12-inch rainfall in southeastern Minnesota, second largest concentration of organic farmers in the country. They not only had flooding, they had mudslides. Sandy loam hills should not have been in anything but no-till farming. No-till cuts erosion by 65 to 95 percent. It doubles soil moisture. It's the most sustainable farming system ever developed. And organic farmers can't use it because you have to have herbicides to kill the cover crops so you can plant what you really want to grow. They can't kill their cover crops. And the yields overall are about half as high. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dennis Avery. Uh, finally, with our motion, organic food is marketing hype. To summarize his position against the motion, I'd like to introduce Charles Benbrook, the chief scientist at the Organic Center, which makes you the only person who has the word organic on your business card. Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Benbrook. Thank you, John, very much. Um, first of all, I think I need to start with an apology to um, the, my esteemed colleagues on the pro side of the, uh, uh, this debate, because I'm actually going to speak to the motion. Uh, tonight, uh, we're debating whether organic food is marketing hype. And th- the way that I understood this, and I think probably most of the people on our side, is that we're talking about the companies and the farmers that grow organic food and sell it to people. They, they put uh, claims on the label. There's advertising. There's lots of information on websites. I think we all have a pretty good idea on, on how companies market products and deliver information to consumers. Now, how, how is organic food marketed? What are the principal claims and benefits? Well, number one, of course, organic farmers 
may not apply toxic synthetic pesticides. Uh, It's just a blanket prohibition. It's true organic farmers can use some natural products like uh, copper fungicides. Sulfur is used to help protect uh, uh, diseases. There, there's no question that organic farming reduces pesticide risk. It's, it's laughable for anybody to argue that it doesn't. Uh, you know, the, um, American agriculture, you know, they apply you know, round numbers, a billion pounds of pesticides a year. Some, some are not terribly hazardous, including glyphosate, which Blake will use on some of his genetically engineered crops. But there are several other there are several other pesticides and especially insecticides that do pose significant risks. Did, do you all know that the average baby born in America has like 200 chemicals in its blood the day the, the moment it's born from the exposures to its mother? About a quarter of the couples in America are having trouble having babies. They need some help in in um, getting pregnant and carrying a pregnancy to term. Uh, The scientific literature is loaded with thousands of papers that demonstrate a connection between exposure to pesticides and these adverse health outcomes. So to to say that there's no risk from pesticides and no evidence, I mean, if, if you don't if you don't believe in science, fine, go ahead and make that statement. But you can't, you can't claim that you read the scientific literature. That, you know, it, it's just, uh, uh, just the way it is. Another of the major claims that are made, um, livestock on organic farms have to be given an ample space to carry out natural behaviors. They have to be raised in an environment where they can stay healthy without their daily dose of antibiotics. They, they have to be raised in a, a much more humane way. Organic agriculture is the only system of agriculture backed up by solid rules that require sound animal reference. One of the reasons that we hope you'll vote against the motion. Thank you, Charles Benbrook. And that concludes round one of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. The motion being argued is organic food is marketing hype. And we now have the results of where you, the several hundred of you in our live audience, stood on this motion before the debate began. Here are the results. Before the debate, 21% of you are for the motion, 45% against, and 34% undecided. That's where things stand at the beginning of the debate, and we'll ask you to vote once again when the debate has concluded. And the team that has changed the most minds will be declared our winner. Now on to round two. It's our middle round, and it's where the debaters address each other directly and also take questions from you in the audience and from me as well as moderator. And I'd like to begin with a question to the side that's arguing for the motion that organic food is marketing hype. In your critique of those who support and believe in organic, there are just these intimations of elitism, that people who like organic food are people who use words like intimations, for example, <laughs> and that, uh, that, that is just a little bit snobby and it's a little bit snotty. And, um, and, and in fact, the research shows that the majority of people who buy organic food in this country are at the higher end of the educational scale. And I want to ask you, are you saying that all of these well-educated people are actually rather stupid? <laughs> John Krebs. You're absolutely right that... Uh The people who purchase organic food tend to be from the wealthier sections of society simply because it's more expensive to buy. And that's, uh, you know, 
Does it mean that you're stupid? Absolutely not. But it means that to some extent you have bought in to what I claim is marketing hype. And if I can just back, go back to Avashi's opening comment, it is absolutely marketing hype that the claim that organic food is healthier for you. And that's why the advertising regulator in the UK stamped down on the two major retailers that made this claim, as well as on the organic producer body, the Soil Association, was making the same claim. It was hype, there was no case to support it, and it was banned. Ravashi Rangan. Um, I think we're talking about elitism, but it's really that organic food costs more. Um, organic food costs more to produce, and there's a couple reasons for that. One is that it's incredibly physically labor-intensive. You've got to, as Jeffrey pointed out, you have to pull the weed. You can't just spray a chemical on it. But the other major factor that's not been mentioned today is the amazing subsidies that all of our taxpayer money goes to to support cheap food production, to subsidize Blake's crops on corn and soy, and the myriad of ingredients that stem from that that end up in processed foods, hence creating cheap processed foods. Organic doesn't get subsidies, and that's why between that and what it does, it costs more. I, I want to ask Blake Hurst, because you're, you're our only farmer. In terms of just the reality check that you can provide to us for a guy who gets his hands in the soils, what have you heard tonight that is the most out of touch with what really happens in the real world of farming? Well, I, I, I want to, Jeffrey says that conventional farming is not feeding the world. So his solution is to produce less food? I mean, this, this idea, it is... So why would you think that organic, food is, uh, that organic agriculture is less productive? That's totally wrong. Yeah, well, give me your example. Okay, if you're growing corn on two pieces of land, two pieces of land, one conventionally and, and, and one organically, the conventional plot will produce more corn. Um, if you have less of a monoculture the number of calories produced on the organic piece of lawn, that the number of calories on the organic land will be greater. What's your source for that? That's, un- that's impossible. Well, yeah, but I'd like to know the source. Charles can tell you. I'm not a scientist. Well, oh. I, I Yeah, that was clear. Oh, oh. On, <laughs> tell him, Charles. Wait, this is a... This is a, a Charles member. This is an important point. On Blake's farm, he, he's, we, we were speaking on the, on the right over here. You'll be getting out in the field pretty soon to plant corn, right? Mm-hmm in the next couple of weeks, and that corn will germinate in 10 days, and it will grow vis- vigorously for about 90 days. And after 90 days, it's, it goes into senensis. It has to dry so he can get his combine out in. And, and really, from the second week in August, maybe the third week in August, that field really isn't growing anything more. Organic farming is based on a much more diverse uh, set of crops. Organic farmers are going to get a cover crop onto the corn ground as soon as it's harvested so that that fall or, or, uh, solar radiation is captured and supports biomass, which supports microorganisms in the soil. So the way that organic farmers can, can and do produce more per acre is they produce multiple crops, they integrate livestock and often fish, with their crops, and they're using that solar radiation in the early spring and the late fall when it's not as intense in the summer. But if you drive through the Midwest, it's only producing a crop for about 90 days of of the year. Dennis, can you respond to Charles's point, essentially, that an organic farmer is working a more diverse range of, uh, is working the soil in more diverse ways by introducing different crops and its interaction with livestock? It's certainly working in more diverse ways. And I I want to compliment the organic movement 
for having been concerned from the beginning with the health of the soil. Unfortunately, they aren't using it very well. And the, the point he made about the corn getting its growth in the first 90 days means that the organic farmers are starving their corn for part of that 90 days. They are not getting what that field could produce because the organic nitrogen is slow release. Ravashi, do you want to come on this? It is a strange argument. And, and what I guess I want to I want to zoom out a little bit and talk about genetically modified crops. The UN has issued two reports, actually, that for Africa and Eastern Europe, organic agriculture is the answer for those areas for maintaining a sustainable food production supply. The second thing that also has why? Been why? What is the logic of that? It resides within many of the reasons we're talking about sustainable production, jobs, less pesticides, less inputs. Those things cost money. And while our opponents are purporting the miracles of genetic modification, what most consumers don't know is that those things were not required to be tested for how well they work or how safe they are before they got out on the market. And those are the aspects that the U.N. is considering when they make those reports available, and anyone is free to read those reports. Blake Hurst. Well, of course, there's long and extensive testing for what the National Resource Council says. I'm trying to catch that, Blake. Their genetically modified seed is tested before it goes on the market. What the National... How many of you have bought genetically modified seed? How many of you have... toured Monsanto's laboratories. How many of you know the process that it goes through? I mean, oh, I, the, the, point, the point I'm making is that that's patently untrue. And as to the point is whether it works or not, I guess that is a... Because the NRC says that there's no conceptual distinction, National National Research Council, your government, no conceptual distinction exists between genetic modification of plants and microorganisms by classical methods or by molecular techniques that modify DNA and transfer genes. There is no difference. The, the tone here is as bitterly partisan as anything that's happening in Washington. <laughs> and I'm curious about why that is, on, and it's on both sides, and it's also from all of, all of us here in the hall. There's a, there's a nasty feeling to this issue. Um, and, I, and I'm curious about why, why we're talking about food. Why are we there? in this topic. Charles, you're nodding, and you represent the Organic um, Center. Why? The, the, the organic f- uh, food industry, it, it actually deserves the word industry now. Uh, it, it's not threatening the profits of Cargill and ADM and, and Kraft and General Mills uh, in the marketplace yet, but it is in, in the world of ideas. And you know, with all due respect to John Krebs, the science is strongly lining up behind organic farming. It is more nutrient-dense. There are 70 or 80 studies that have reached that conclusion. Or, organic food and what this whole area represents, it worries the conventional agriculturalist to, that people are going to start to ask questions about how our, is, how our food is grown and what's in it and how it might be contributing to the fact that we Americans spend more than you know, any nation in the world on health care, but our health across a number of measures really doesn't stack up that well. And I think okay. it's a lot about what we eat. John Krebs, you want to, not just responding, but to take on my question. It's a divisive issue because it's a sideshow from the real problems that we face, which are 
first of all about feeding the growing world population, as Dennis said, and second of all, for those of us who are lucky to live in an affluent society, to eat a healthy, balanced diet and secure our own health. And those of us who care deeply about those issues are very frustrated by the repeated claims of the organic sector, explicit or implicit, that they will solve these problems. I'm John Donvan, and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S. Six panelists are arguing for and against this motion. Organic food is marketing hype. Stay with us. We're in the question and answer session of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. I'm John Donvan of ABC News, your moderator, and we have six debaters, two teams of three debating this motion. Organic food is marketing hype. We're going back to the audience for questions. Gentleman in the blue shirt... This question is uh, uh, for Dr. Rangan. You talked about the fact that, or you claimed there was a fact that organic food could be verified and there were standards for organic food. So my question for you um, is, if I gave you an apple and you had to do an analysis to determine whether it was organic or not, and it was a scientific analysis, what exactly would you do to verify that it was an organic apple? Yeah, your point is well taken. Um, It is a production. It's the Organic Food Production Act, and it's about production, and the seal is on the food. And um, just incidentally, there's also a whole scientific advisory board that reviews and approves materials that are allowed and prohibited in processed foods as well as in fresh food. But the point is... And that's why there is so much record-keeping involved. There is so much work involved for a farmer to become organic because the whole paper trail of what went into that farm has to be documented. Everything that went into the particular jam that was processed has to be documented. And the materials used are restricted. And and that is the framework that exists. It's a very interesting question. When I was head of the Food Standards Agency, we started sponsoring research to develop such tests. And such tests can be developed because, and this is a bit of technical chemistry, the isotopes of carbon and nitrogen that come from chemical fertilizers are different from the isotopes out of um, manure or compost. But the organic movement strongly opposed this, and they said it was a complete waste of money to develop these tests. They never said why they thought it was a complete waste of money. But I thought I had a pretty good idea that a lot of the produce that's on sale as organic is not actually genuinely organic. Well, John, I think you should speak for the UK on that, because uh, there's a lot of us that follow what goes on in the United States, and the organic label has meaning in this country. Let's go back to the audience for questions. Does the regulator carry out the tests? Um, no. no. Ma'am, can you see they, me looking they at you? Force the you rule. Can stand up, yes. Uh, and we'll bring a microphone. Hi, I am a member of the media. Uh, I work at Martha Stewart Living, and I've worked on cookbooks. But I have a question. One of the things that hasn't been addressed here at all tonight is the question of flavor. It's hard to get away from the fact that an organic banana tastes like a banana, or an organic peach tastes like a peach. That's less and less true of conventional produce. Are you, are you actually, your question really is, doesn't organic food taste better, and isn't that one of its benefits? Yes, right? okay. I guess, I fair guess question. that's the way to put the question. Fair John, question. Thank you. Fair thank question. You. John, yeah. believe, John, believe it or not, this question actually is germane to the debate. No, I, I agree that it is. Uh, I, I just want the other side the, to answer it. The, <laughs> I'll come back to you, Charles. I have been privileged to watch a program taped by a couple of comedians who perform primarily in Las Vegas, 
who conducted a number of blind taste tests on the street in Las Vegas, and nobody could tell the difference from nothing. Uh, This whole freshness thing, fresher tastes better. If your organic is fresher, it may taste better, but that's apart from its being organic. John Charles. I think think this is, I really appreciate this question because it's very important. The organic food industry has not claimed that organic food tastes better. They don't have the systems in place and the ability to guarantee a consumer that it's always going to taste better. And it's an example of where the industry has not uh, gone over that line. I, I actually think the organic food industry has been fairly responsible in, in not getting beyond the science and beyond what they can guarantee. Question, please, though. Yes, question. Um, Thank you. My question is that for people who are interested in sustainably produced agriculture, um, there's some consumer concern that the rise of industrial organic agriculture, which was touched on briefly, has sort of called into question the rigorous standards that are in place for determining whether something is organic or not. And I was hoping the panel could speak to that. Well, yeah, there's a whole lot of... I mean, what size... Does my farm get too big to be um, moral? I mean, what, what size farm is immoral? Confined animal feeding operations. I think it's useful to point out that if we're talking about the chickens being indoors or outdoors, the reason we get flu every year is from Asia, where most of the chickens and ducks are still kept outdoors, and they are wandering up and down the street of the village, and it is the interaction between humans in Asia. and those Actually. animals that we get the Asian flu. We get cholera from hogs. We had, this is historic, most of our epidemic diseases have come about through this close interaction of people and animals. And modern confinement production is protecting you from those diseases. <laughs> Okay, Urvashi, uh, okay. since we're talking I'm about standards. I'm sorry, Dennis. That is just garbage. Um, that, that, that is not the case. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, confined animal feeding operations, I don't know if anybody's heard about um, lagoon pits of poo the size of a great lake that exist, and these are bacterial cesspools um, for lots of viruses. The H1N1 was a mixture of bird, pig, maybe something else. Um, We have huge hog farms in North Carolina. We have huge problems with bacterial problems down there from the poo pits. This doesn't just come from China. We've got the problem right here with industrialized agriculture in this country. White shirt, uh, right behind you. This is our last question. The part of the marketing that I'm interested in hearing about is the health-oriented marketing that could be either viewed as hype from the one side or not. And what I had a hard time following was the notion that on the one side that defended organic, uh, there was a listing of 80 scientific papers that proved the health benefits of organically produced food. So I was hoping that we could actually talk just briefly about one and then just ask the other side why that's not accurate. Okay. Sure. Um, The... uh British Journal of Medicine uh, published a study about two years ago that showed that uh, children born to mothers who consume predominantly organic milk 
and meat during pregnancy with its elevated levels of uh, uh, conjugated linoleic acids, which are a heart-healthy fat, uh, had lower, the, the children had lower levels of eczema. Uh, it's, it, it was um, really the, the first time uh, an actual health benefit in humans from consuming organic food has been um, uh, proven and published in a peer-reviewed journal. And, of course, this is for any health uh, problem. So many different things affect health. It's very unusual to be able to trace uh, uh, a disease or, or uh, to a, a single uh, part of our lifestyle. So the, when I said before that there's 80 studies, th- those are studies comparing the, the, the nutrient levels in organic food to conventional food. Now, there's a lot of people that feel eating more nutrients really doesn't make you any healthier, but you've got to wonder why the U.S. government is spending so much time and energy trying to get us to eat more fruits and vegetables. John Krebs. Well, it's very simple. Um, in that study, as in many others, it's very difficult to tease apart the con- contribution of different factors, and there's no clear proof in that study that the benefits that Chuck has alluded to were to do with eating organic food because there are a lot of other different differences between the comparison populations. So we still don't have any evidence that organic food is healthier for you. And that concludes round two of this debate. And here's where we are. We are about to hear closing statements from each debater. They will be two minutes each, and it's their last chance to change your minds. And from the audience vote beforehand, before the debate, 21% of you were for this motion, 45% were against, and 34% were undecided. And we'll ask you to vote again shortly, and we'll ask you in that way to pick our winner. But now on to round three, closing statements from each team in turn. Speaking first, against the motion, organic food is marketing hype, Charles Benbrook, chief scientist at the Organic Center. Uh, thank you, John. Um, as I said before, you know, this is about the, the claims or the, the positive attributes that are used in, in labeling and advertising to, to convince consumers to buy more organic food. That, that's what we're, we're talking about. The claim that's most common and most known to uh, Americans is about the reduction, significant reduction in pesticide use and risk that's associated with organic farming. It's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, and, and that prohibition is embodied in the regulations. Uh, in terms of animal drugs, and in particular antibiotics and growth-promoting hormones, hormones that push animals to produce more quickly, organic farmers can't use them. It, it's against the rules. And, and that's, again, embodied in the standard. So when uh, a company promotes organic food as better for animals, this is one of the reasons. Um, the other claim that is, is uh, uh, ubiquitous is that organic farming is better for the environment. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has agreed with us. Organic farmers build soil. They uh, reduce uh, greenhouse gases. They reduce the loss of nitrogen into the groundwater. And, uh, and again, this, this suite of benefits are embodied in binding, enforceable uh, regulations that are a part of the rule. So, so please... Don't don't buy into the the arguments of the other side that because organic farming can't feed the world and all these other claims that that you should uh, vote for this motion. Thank you, Charles Benbrook. Our motion is organic food is marketing hype. And summarizing his position for the motion, John Krebs, principal of Jesus College, Oxford, and former chairman of the UK's Food Standards Agency. 
I just want to make two points very briefly. First of all, we haven't really discussed what is organic food. When I was head of the Food Standards Agency, I asked to meet with the organic food sector. Ten people turned up, and I said, okay, I just want to talk to one of you. It turned out there are ten different certification bodies for organic food in the UK, and they all disagree with one another. So it's one thing to say that there are standards that are followed, but those standards are completely different depending on who you talk to. And Let's go back over these questions about marketing hype because whether or not they're explicit claims made by the organic producers and organic marketers, they are certainly claims that people who buy organic food believe and accept. And those claims are either that it's better for you or that it's better for the environment. We've heard nothing this evening that really provides me with convincing evidence of either of those claims. Do pesticides pose a risk? Well, remember that organic farmers use insecticides, including one called rotenone, which is known to cause cancer in rats, is one of the most dangerous pesticides if you're worried about carcinogens in your food. So if you're worried about pesticide risk, don't eat organic food, don't eat conventional food. In fact, starve to death. Thank you. Thank you, John Krebs. Our motion is organic food is marketing hype. We're in the closing statement section and speaking against the motion, Jeffrey Steingarten, best-selling author and food critic for Vogue magazine. There may be a lot of people in America who disagree about what organic food should mean, but, but we have a law. I mean, I just, it's very hard to read it, and it's long, and, um, <laughs> and it's very exacting. There's no doubt about the environmental dangers of conventional agriculture. You may have read that in the Gulf of Mexico, there's a dead zone, um, and it changes in size every year. It appears to come from all the nitrogen that is dumped in to the Mississippi River for 1,000, 2,000 miles all the way from Chicago, um, and it gets into the uh, Gulf of Mexico, and it deprives uh, plants and fish of, uh, of oxygen. Uh, the size of the dead zone two years ago uh, was about the size of New Jersey. There's no doubt to me that that how conventional agriculture is doomed. The only question is, how soon? Our motion is organic food is marketing hype. And summarizing his position in support of this motion, Blake Hurst, a farmer and vice president of the Missouri Farm Bureau. The longest-term study and the, the go-to reference, if you look up organic yields, was done at the Rodale Institute. They had two organic plots, one which used manure as a fertilizer source, uh, we don't have enough manure to fertilize all the acres that are in crops today. We would need 5 billion, 5 billion more cows in order to produce enough manure to use that much fertilizer. The other crop used a long rotation of using legumes and corn. Two years out of five were legumes in order to produce the nitrogen for the corn or the cash crop the next year. So there you have it. That, that's the final point. Organic food in any given year can produce the same as conventional food. But over that five-year period, it only produced 60% as much. Two years ago, we were at a 30-year low in food stocks and cereal grain stocks. Countries were banning the export of rice. Even here in the U.S., they, they limited the amount of rice you could buy because it was a short supply. They were trying to cut down on hoarding. We can have food problems. We can't solve them. We can't have hunger problems. We can't solve them with organic production. And that's why you should vote in favor of this motion. Thank you, Blake Curtis. Our motion is organic food is marketing hype. And summarizing her position against the motion, Urvashi Rangan, who is Director of Technical Policy for the Consumers Union. Thank you. 
Our opponents have just been off topic this entire evening, and the resolution is not about yield and how much organic yields versus conventional. Does it yield more or less? It's not about whether organic feeds the world or not. That's not the resolution. The resolution is whether it's marketing hype. John, on the other side, brought up, oh, it doesn't offer health benefits. It doesn't, so therefore it's marketing hype. It was never designed to provide healthy, to be a healthier food product for you, the human being. It began as something that was positive for the earth. And my opponents did not refute not a single of my first three points in terms of poop being fed to animals. John, the UK closed up all the the loopholes with animal feed with mad cow. We didn't do that. And so organic offers that tangible benefit. We mitigate those exposures in organic food production. Secondly, with antibiotics, we have a big problem with the resistance of bacteria at antibiotics. Our opponents had no response whatsoever to that point. There's a tangible danger associated with conventional production, and therefore organic is not marketing hype. We urge you to vote against this resolution. Thank you, Arashi Rankin. Our motion is organic food is marketing hype. And summarizing his support for the motion, Dennis Avery, director of the Hudson Institute Center for Global Food Issues. The actual reality is that 99.99% of the carcinogens that you ingest are from Mother Nature. They're there mostly in the plant foods that we eat and consume and brew. And therefore, if you're eating organic food at all this additional expense, you might be reducing your exposure to cancer by something on the order of one ten-thousandth of one percent. I was a little surprised to find that we're also here tonight to discuss the pig poo in the waters of the state of North Carolina. But since I have, in fact, analyzed the data on that particular question, I can tell you that there has been no change in the water quality in North Carolina since they started growing hogs down there. (laughs) There is a problem with the water quality below the cities because the sewage treatment plants don't deal adequately with the people poo. Dennis Avery, your time is up. Not the pigs. Thank you very much. And that concludes this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. And now it is time to learn which side has argued best. Our motion is organic food is marketing hype. Before the debate, 21% of you were for the motion, 45% were against the motion, 34% were undecided. After the debate, 21% remain for the motion, 69% are against, 10% are undecided. The side against the motion wins. Congratulations to them. Thank you from me, John Donvan, and from Intelligence Squared U.S. This Intelligence Squared U.S. debate, presented by the Rosencrantz Foundation, was held at New York University's Skirball Center for the Performing Arts. Robert Rosencrantz is chairman. Dana Wolf is the executive producer. Maureen McMurray and Rob Christensen are the radio producers. Damon Whitmore is the audio engineer. And I'm your host, John Donvan. For more information or to purchase tickets to future events, visit www.intelligencesquaredus.org. That's Intelligence Squared on NPR.